This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The beers are still flowing and the Glazers staying 10 more years is still ringing around Old Trafford 48 hours later. But we're here to dive deeper into City Squad and discuss whether or not Pep should refrain from rotating the team too much in the coming weeks. It's Tuesday, October 31st. Ooh, spooky. I'm Adam Booker. <laughs> I'm Joe Butterfield. I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to the show, chaps. I'm going to ask a very stupid question straight off the bat. Is your Halloween the same day as our Halloween? And do you... Yes. Is Halloween a yes. thing? Is it is it as important to you guys as it is to us? I don't think it's no. as important. Like you, in America, you guys have like parades and stuff, don't you, for Halloween? Like we just don't... Even trick or treating is like a thing that every kid does. Like over here, it's a very... I'll get. I'll be lucky if I get maybe one or two kids knock on my door at any point in the next day or two like yeah which is which is just as well because i find yeah, yeah very annoying no I'm, I'm the exact same as joe but to be honest adam with you in that very very nicely city themed christmas jumper i think i should be saying merry christmas not happy halloween to you so um but honestly the curtains are closed lights off tonight and i won't be answering the door at all and if anyone does want to answer if anyone does want to come knocking on my door i'll just get a sh- i'll just shout at them from the window like the grumpy old sod i am <laughs> um Halloween, Halloween is not for me. And anyway, we, it's, in this country, we all go mad for November 5th anyway. So, you know, Halloween's not the one for us. What is November 5th? Uh, Guy Fawkes Day. Yeah. Bonfire night. Yeah, which isn't, isn't really, isn't a thing here. So, um. No. Well, it shouldn't be because he didn't try to, he didn't try to blow up your parliament, did he? It was Is ours. that what, is that what Bonfire night? Anyway, I actually have yeah. no, no education yeah. in this department. It'd be a bit like having, uh, if you were to sort of put it in modernised terms, it'd be a bit like having a fireworks display to commemorate the January 5th insurrection of the uh, of the Capitol building every year. 
Well, perfectly put. January sixth, but I take your point. Um, sixth, even sorry, yeah. Yeah, I'm not um mostly because I have a very um my social life isn't thriving. So I don't have, you know, Halloween parties and stuff to go to. But I am constantly masquerading as a man who feels joy. So I guess I'm always wearing a bit of a costume. <laughs> um, let's let's get on to the football though. What one thing that will give me lots of joy is City beating down Manchester United at Old Trafford, finished three nil. Um if you want a deeper dive into the analysis of that game, go back at the end of this episode, listen to yesterday's episode where Amos, Alex, Joe, and the other Ali uh, took a took a bit of a deeper dive on the events at Old Trafford. But we're going to look more at City's squad today. Um, before we do that, Ali and Joe, I haven't had either of you guys on the show since uh, the Demolition Derby 2.0. Um, Ali, general thoughts on the performance? Just typical City at Old Trafford. It's what we come to expect from them. I don't think the the gap between City and United is only ever getting bigger. Um, even even when we you know lost there earlier this year last season, it never once felt like it. Ne- it never once felt like that was them. You know supplanting us in any way it felt like they got very very lucky due to a horrific refereeing decision um and we came and we arrived and we arrived there on sunday had a, a more difficult first half but that second half was a training session and then some uh i can barely remember i think one chance maybe two chances united had and they weren't that good anyway i think one was that sitter from rashford uh but harland you know he's he's clicked but he's clicked back into form uh, and what's better than two boyhood City fans scoring in the Manchester derby, especially away? It doesn't really get be- any better than that, does it? Um, fantastic performance. Joe, I think the most important thing, and this was touched on yesterday's episode, was we've seen a lot of fantastic performances, particularly at Old Trafford from City in recent years, but they haven't always given us the result. But you know, this time we've we've seen the a, a resounding result paired with the performance, and that's that's got to be the most satisfying part about it. Yeah, definitely. We've always we've we've often been the better side in these derbies, and I think to be honest, I think last year was was one of them. The the one with the, that that infamous offside goal. I think that was one where we did look a lot better than them for the majority of the game, and then that decision just completely threw the game on its head. Um, I mean, when a goal like that goes in against you, like it's it's obviously the professional football, so you can't really fully excuse it. But it's head head's just gone at that point. I mean, if 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 my head was anything to go by. Don't blame him, but in um in regards to yesterday, uh, sorry, no, the the weekend. Um, I think it was, it was just very much a case of we were, as Ollie said, we're we're, we're streets ahead of Manchester United at the moment. Like they're they're in they're in a position now where they're going to have to spend. They could we could stay still. We could stay still as a club for the next ten years, and United would still not get close to us with uh, with the way that things are going at the moment. Um, they'd have to have a complete rethink at the top of the club and then they'd somehow have to have a complete rethink at, at, at football in management level they'd have to get a complete rethink at squad level they're just it, it's it's so as I, I was talking to someone about this in work yes in work um earlier today I think it's it's so satisfying that us being good like us being good is great but us being good at the same time that Manchester United are absolute shite is the most wonderful thing about about this whole thing. It, it makes it even better. It genuinely makes it twice as good as it would be if we were just ha- if we were just having this dominance anyway. But United were competing with us every year. I think I think the feeling of pipping them to a title in the way that we have Liverpool in the last few years would be good. But I don't think it would be as good as United being a constant headless chicken throughout the entire thing. It's just. 
yeah, it's amazing. It's a great time to be a Manchester City fan at the moment. This is what I say to all my friends is, it, it you know, we've gotten the best of both worlds at one time. Like you said, with United being the way they are and City being the way they are, it almost feels like it's greedy of us to have both. And it's, it's way too good to be true, which is probably why we have 115 uh, charges of financial breaches against us. But um just to just to bring us back down to earth a little, <laughs> I, I, I want to get I want to get into City Squad now. And you know, when you look at the upcoming run of fixtures in the league alone, City play Liverpool, uh, Spurs, Villa, and Chelsea all upcoming. Um, that's that's some tough fixtures in there. And you know, heading into the part of the season now with the with the Christmas fixtures coming up, where I think the best eleven has to start to get defined a little bit. You know, we're coming to kind of the crunch time, the, the time of the season when City start to break away. Um, Ollie, did we see City's best 11 at Old Trafford? And and if so, does Pepe need to stick with that going forward for basically every Premier League game um, to get that rhythm going, to get us into December and early January where that's when you can win the league? We've, City, we've seen City win the league a few times now where they break away in the Christmas period. And, and get an un- unassailable lead. So, you know, I think a lot of people are going to have debates over Grealish and Doku or, um, you know, Stone stepping into midfield or, Con- or uh, Ake and Gavardi all at left back. But surely the best 11 has to get defined. Um, and I think we should probably pick through who that best 11 is. But was it the one that we saw at Old Trafford? I think so. I think so. Initial reaction says it's that way. I, th- I think regardless of whether it's our best 11 or not, I think they're the best 11 players we have who are fit at the moment. Kevin De Bruyne excluded because, you know, we don't know what his, in- what in- what his injury status is at the moment. But in terms of the players available to City right now, I think that I think they're the best individual 11 players. And I think, and you know, not it's not always that the best individuals work together, but in this case, I think they do. Um, we're very lucky that we've got a lot of talent across the squad, like you say. Nake Gvardiol is, you know, it's a coin toss every week who you can who you can play. Uh, Grealish Doku, you know, there's set circumstances around which one is better than the other. Um, but even then, you know, Jack Grealish, like he's done in pretty much every derby he's played for us, was unreal. You know, he loves winding them up, just as just as we've seen Bernardo do so many times. Um, and there's another one who's just absolutely undroppable and is absolutely in our best eleven. Um, but it's what's also really fun is that in our best 11, there's so many players that, you know, there's all the stories of them nearly, end, nearly ending up at United. Joe, I want to do a little exercise with City's squad here. And I want to kind of, <clears throat> if we're, you know, using the old cliche first name on the team sheet, I want to see how many first names on the team sheet we can get here and kind of rank the players in City's squad of importance, probably to to about nine or ten here. Mm. Um Holland number one, uh, Edison, Edison number one. Is that being really? Uh, is that okay. being really? Yeah, I, I, I would say yeah. you're a bit of a prick for that, but um, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go with Edison. I think. Um, I think. Yeah. So if if we're gonna pick in terms of outfield, I would say yeah. I mean Haaland. Yeah, you never you never drop in Haaland ever. I think Haaland is is along with Rodri the the, the two who like are, are just non negotiable. Like certainly. There's going to be a lot of non-negotiables that we're going to find out in this, but I think those two in particular, the squad just looks so different without them in it that it becomes like a real, real problem. Whereas even at centre-back, where we're probably going to have a couple of other non-negotiables, I think there we have done without the players in that in that back line before and still been decent as we have been at the start of this season. But I think, um, yeah, if we had to do... 
if we had to do a few months without Rodri or without Haaland, uh, we would have a very, it'd be a very different season for us. Yeah. Well, we saw exactly what happens when, when you, you lose Rodri. Um, all right. So, so Holland and Rodri, um, mm-hmm. Diaz next, Bernardo Silva next. I would say Diaz. Yes. Um, I would John put Stones honestly, after that. I would put Stones in that category as well. Yeah. I would put Diaz and Stones as like a, that they're the, they're the, um, they're two locks in for defense. I wonder if um, Stones is even higher because without him, yeah. you have to change the whole system. I mean, we've seen immediately Agreed. he comes straight back into the team and you can play that that three two four one that we saw um, kind of get, get rode all the way to the treble. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got Holland, Rodri, Stones, and Diaz up there as a partnership. Probably them as a partnership can almost be on their own rung of the ladder. Um, yeah. Bernardo as well, as you said. I think he's definitely, Bernardo from yeah, there. He's, he's definitely in there. Julian Alvarez making himself. I mean, Pep has already labeled him as undroppable this season. Yeah. Um, so we've got what six, six, seven players now, and then I feel from here maybe Kyle Walker. I don't think I don't think there's anybody. I mean, Kyle Walker's been sensational for most of this year. He was he, he was great in the Derby, um, and has been in other big games this season. Nobody else can really play that role. We've seen it from Akanji, but he he's you know. He's kind of a Kyle Walker light. He doesn't have the same amount of pace. He doesn't have the same one-on-one ability. He probably has a little bit less ability on the ball. Mm. Um, and then are we are we, we now get getting debate to debates a little bit? Grealish and Doku is a debate. Is Foden an undroppable? I don't. He's great. I love Foden, but I don't think he's a. I don't think he's a. You must play him or else something has gone wrong kind of player at the moment. I don't, th- I mean, I might get a lot of, I might get a lot of pushback on that. I don't know, but I, he, he doesn't, if we, if we say, if we turned up with like an 11 that has say Grealish and Doku and either wing and say, we've got, we've got Rodri, Bernardo and I don't know, Kovacic in midfield. I'm not looking at that saying in, in a Champions League final and saying, oh my God, what are we doing? Like, yeah, maybe I am. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm annoyed that Foden's not starting. But at the same time, it's not like an inexcusable. No, no, this guy must start no matter what kind of decision. Ollie Foden undroppable. I think as long as Kevin De Bruyne is out, it's 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 between. If you've got one of him or Alvarez, you're fine. But I would put Alvarez above him because Alvarez just brings that little bit more. I mean, mm. Foden's fantastic. Foden does things that other players this club can't do. Uh, the way he combines directness with you know elegance and grace on the ball is absolutely phenomenal. But um, I think you can get by with him for the for a game here, a game there. You can bring him in and out of the squad more, but you can't bring Julian Alvarez in and out all the time. Um, you know he's the only player who started, who's played in every single game for City this season. Uh, started all but one or two of them, if I remember correctly. Um, he he is genuinely undroppable, Alvarez and Foden. Uh, whilst he offers so much, I don't think he's quite at that level where it's like okay, if he's not on the if he's not in on the team sheet at all, there's a problem. It's more okay, we can get by for now. Um, but you know, he should be aiming to become an undroppable, especially with Kevin De Bruyne. Right? He should be I think aiming he's to getting be. To that no, level. I'm going to step. I, th- I I definitely think so, and we've seen performances from him this season that outrank a lot of others. Uh, that we've seen from other players this season in his position. 
Um, you know, I, I, I will always go back to that night against Newcastle in the league. Um, the Saturday night game and what was it seven big chances created yeah it was only 1-0 on the night but Foden put in a performance that Messi would have been proud of and I don't mean Messi of now I mean Messi of 10 years ago um, he was phenomenal that night uh, and he's capable of that but we need to see that for him to be in that category at the moment I think he needs to be producing them pretty much week in week out and he's capable of doing that he's just not there yet but you know, I'm sure in a year, in a year or so, we will be having this discussion, and we will be saying, "No, Phil Foden is now completely undroppable for Manchester City." Yeah, I um, think so. But it's it's okay that he's not. For me personally, with Foden, any game you feel like you're going to have to unlock a defense, pick any sort of complex locks, which we're going to see a lot of as the season wears on, and teams lower down the table have a bit more to play for, a bit more at stake. Um, with no Gundogan, no De Bruyne, no Riyad Mahrez, uh, you need a player like Foden. I mean, a- Alvarez isn't the isn't the guy to 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 you know break a defense with with one pass. Doku isn't. He, he can take on men, yeah. But we've seen with Doku yeah. is he can get to the byline really well with you know one little shake of the hips or drop of the shoulder. He's at the byline. But I- I'm not going to make any sort of of uh, Jesus Navas comparisons here. But uh, the the final product isn't there most of the time it, it is there and when it is there it's special um but you know i think foden has to be the player that is going to be your hub of creativity and and the guy that can can pick a lock when you need it and that's going to become more and more useful as the season goes on mm. so we've got probably seven or eight players there and then from there like we've said you can have the the ake Gavardial. i mean Gavardiol was sensational at Old Trafford on Sunday. He was so, so good. There were a couple of times where it looked like United had gotten in. There was the Foden um, back pass that ended up in the path of Hoyland, and I think it was both Stones and Gavardiol got back. Um, but we've got those couple of debate, debates. But the, the question I want to ask from here is, given the fixture list coming up with, I think, four big six teams in the next like eight or nine games, um, it, it, Pep's going to continue to rotate. We know that he's always going to rotate. But should he be rotating Ali with getting that best eleven together as often as possible in mind? So I'm not saying two, you know, two good teams, one great team, and one team that gives the great team rest in the midweek. If you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And we've seen this from, and we've seen him do it before. Um, twenty 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 one. Um, it was very clear at roughly this stage of the season, you know, Champions League group stage games, Premier League on the weekend. He very much had a midweek team and a weekend team. Uh, and I think, we're, you know, as best we can with the players we have available, we're going to probably see more of that. Um, I don't expect we'll see a whole lot of Matthias Nunes in the Premier League uh, this side of Christmas. I don't think we'll see a whole lot of Mateo Kovacic in the Premier League this side of Christmas. I think we're going to be seeing Bernardo Alvarez a hell of a lot more. Um, and especially with the group stage in the Champions League pretty much being locked up, you know, nine points from three. It's a very, very comfortable position. Um, you know, he can afford to rotate and, you know, maybe he's going to call up a few of those kids from the U- UEFA Youth League side and say, no, I want you on my bench so I can leave more players at home. Um, so, you know, Pep, Pep, knows, Pep knows what he'll do. He'll be thinking four or five weeks ahead. He'll He won't be thinking so much about what who who he's going to select to Liverpool he's going to be thinking who are who am I going to be selecting in December um who uh, how am I going to manage workloads until this point because and that's the job for the sports scientists this is why city are so great we have the best in pretty much every department medical sports science football management coaching 
every single person is striving towards keeping these players on the pitch and keeping them healthy at all times. Um, and you can't say there's a lot more of the niggly injuries. You know, we're not seeing as many of them anymore as we used to a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, I think it's it's that simple, isn't it? We'll see we'll see a lot more rotation in these midweeks. Not not being in the Carabao Cup is a huge bonus for this as well, as much as we'd all like to win it. But you know, at the same time, this season we don't really have the squad at the moment. So, yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see it starting to be divvied up in the next few weeks. Um, but if Pep's going to be starting that eleven from Old Trafford against Liverpool, against Chelsea, against Spurs, against all these teams. Um, you know, that'll become very, very clear very, very quickly. And I don't think anyone's going to be too mad if that's the 11 from now on. Uh, yeah, I, pr- I pretty much agree with all of that. I think it's, um, I think it's got to be a case of if, we, if you're going to, if you're going to have that 11, which I think we can all, as Ollie said earlier, I think w- whether or not it's the best, it's the, it's the best team in terms of like the best system and the best way of playing, which I think it probably is close to anyway. It's certainly the best players that we have available to us at the moment. And I think you need to have that against Liverpool, for example. Liverpool and Spurs, who right now look like two of the most dangerous teams in the league, like we need to be putting them out against them. And I think that if that means that... I mean, we've got... Who are the next Champions League games we've got? We've got Young Boys next, haven't we, again, um, at the Etihad. So that's an easy sort of, you know, rotate quite a lot of the team out there, play Kovacic and, um, and Nunes there, and hopefully that should still be able to do the job. Um, Rico Lewis can drop into there as well, maybe, instead of in, in place of one of those two. Um then you sort of do a bit more, you know, Akanji comes back in, Ake come, come in, stuff like that. Um, maybe Doku starts and then maybe, I don't even know, maybe do, do you give Oscar Bob a debut? I don't even, a, a Champions League debut? I don't even, from the start, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think that's those are the games where you've got to do as much rotation as you can to sort of help you out when it comes to the, the weekend games against the big, the, the big sides. Um, I think that ultimately, ultimately we've got to put the best, the best teams out there. I think if we played, you know, if you went full strength against young boys, for example, and then, I don't know, Rodri or Bernardo pick up a, a, an injury that keeps them out for a game like Liverpool, you sat there looking at Pep thinking, what on earth have you done that for? Like, you know, why, why are we doing, why have we done that against a team like that? And I think you can almost say the same for the easier Premier League games that come around, around those, those big fixtures. Obviously we don't want to have like wholesale rotation like we did against, um, Against like we like we hopefully will against young boys for example, but if you can do something where you can maybe just take Haaland off after sixty minutes, take some of these big players off with with time to spare, and that's where you know maybe our first half performances will will hopefully be a, a big factor. We can just put the put the strength full strength side out, get the team get the game hopefully done and dusted in the first forty five minutes, and then very much sort of ease off from there and give everyone a bit of a rest for the upcoming games that follow. All right, that'll do for part one. In a moment, we'll be back with your weekly round of whoever. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com my welcome back to the city report podcast if you are new here please hit follow hit subscribe leave a rating and leave a review that is the best way for us to get this show out to more blues like you we're going to wrap up today's episode with everyone's new favorite game inspired by my ever ongoing existential crisis who am i ollie and joe i know you guys both know the rules listeners what i'm going to do i have a city player past or present in mind i'm going to reveal clues about this player one by one and ollie and joe will guess and you can guess at home as well who the player is until we have a winner now Joe, I think I've changed one rule since you were last on. You are not allowed to call out your nation to guess until I've finished the clue. Okay, you have to let me. We're we're doing Jeopardy rules here. That makes sense. You you can't hit your buzzer until I've finished reading the clue. Okay. Uh, Ollie, pick a nation, please. Uh, Georgia. All right, that's a state. Joe, pick a nation, please. <laughs> I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll stick with Italy. I did it last time. It, it was all right. All right. By the way, uh, for the Your listeners, East. I do know, I do know that Georgia is a country in Europe as well. Uh, <laughs> the the American public school system hasn't failed me that much. All right, we've got Georgia and Italy. Atlanta. We've only got w- one play, one player today. Who am I? I started my city career. On loan at the club before making my move permanent one season later. All right, I'm going to let it simmer. So start thinking about some city players that joined on loan and stayed permanently. Clue number two. City was one of four English clubs I played for. City was one of four English clubs I played for. I have to say, this is the hardest one I've done in the whole series. Thank God, because I've not got a clue. I've I've got one name, but I don't I don't even think he joined permanently, so it can't be him. Um, and he said rogue shout anyway, so I don't think he played for four clubs in the in in England. The, the answer is a bit of a rogue shout, but I think you'll mm-hmm. be able to get it after eh, maybe sixty five seventy five percent of the clues. Clues. All right, next clue. Okay, I made twenty seven caps for my home nation. So he was a full international. So, so far we have, I started my city career on loan at the club before making my move permanent one season later. City was one of four English clubs I played for. And I made 27 caps for my home nation. Who am I? Next clue. And listen to the wording of this. It may it may help you figure out the position or the role in the team. I made more cup appearances for City than league appearances. Uh, 
No guesses? No. I made more I'm, cup appearances got, than league appearances for City. I've got, I've, got, I've got ideas in mind, but I don't have a name yet. Okay. Yeah, I've got... I mean, that, that, that clue's probably been the most helpful. It's ruled out at least one of the names I was thinking of, but... Um... That is, yeah, you're right. It's a tough one, this. I've got what All right. Um, Here we go. Sunderland was where I made the most starts in my career in England. Who the hell did we? Oh, that was a Sunderland player. Keep in mind, we've already done Jack Rodwell, so he is not on uh, the list. Georgia. Ali? Was it? Is it Costel Pantillimon? That was my thought. Oh, yes. who, I couldn't think. <laughs> who are wow. the four clubs that he played for? Fantastic. He played for City, Sunderland, Forest, and Watford. Oh, Forest, that's I'd the an, one. Oh, on loan. I'd have never. Oh, I'd have, oh. I love it. that was a tough one. I went from. Scott Carson to Demarcus Beasley to Nicholas Anelka to Costel Pantelimon. <laughs> that's a that's a range of names. <laughs> as yeah. soon as you said more cup appearances, I was like, "This is a goalkeeper," and I just couldn't think yeah. of a goalkeeper in the top of me, like who'd played for four English clubs. And like Pantelimon crossed my mind, but I couldn't think of the four. And yeah, well, yeah. well played, Ollie. Well played. Yeah. Yes, well done, Ollie. Thank you very much. The state of Georgia strikes much. again. All right, Ollie. Th- <laughs> thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Joe, thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure as always. Listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. Until next time, see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.